We are so excited for our episode today. We are welcoming Jen Zoe Hall, who is here as our guest to talk to us about the journey of being an entrepreneur. And I have been fortunate enough to have participated in a couple of Jen's events with horses, live horses. So uh, Raju and I are so excited to welcome you here today, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So I wanted to have the set the context and have you begin to tell us what it took for you to finally make a, make the decision to incorporate horses in the way that you're doing your work today. Oof, that's, you know, you start off with the big ones. You don't, you don't, you don't mess around. You start off with like the big questions. We go right in. Heavy hitter right here. Well, you know, that's, that is like actually the, the $64,000 question. Cause like why horses, why this, what, you know, what can I do with a horse that can, can change people's lives. And, um, you know, just a little bit about me, I, you know, I started something called Zenergen and I actually came up with the name of it at a stoplight. Zen, like what, who doesn't want more inner peace and, and tranquility and serenity in their life and, and energy, who doesn't want more vitality and energy in their life? And I'm Jen. So I kind of blended those three things together, Zen or Chen, and created something um, based on some, some really tough times in my life. And a lot of times, you know, the the mess becomes the message, if you will. And that's kind of what happened. And um, it was back in Chicago, 2011. I had been working as uh, I was a certified uh, professional natural horsemanship instructor. I'd been in horses um, as a reward to quit smoking. That's actually how I got in horses. So, you know, you kind of reverse engineer out this little like crazy life path that I took. But I said one day, you know, if I could quit smoking, I'll reward myself with a horseback riding lesson. And now here we are talking about how, you know, we're changing the world with horses, et cetera. And um, little did I know. So I started taking horseback riding lessons, uh, discovered this incredible natural way to communicate with horses. You know, you've seen, you know, like the horse whisperer and how to build a relationship, you know, through horses. But then in 2011, I went to Tony Robbins. And, you know, if you, if you don't know who Tony Robbins is, just Google him. You'll have seen him on like Shallow Howl or something where he's like, you know, this big, big, larger than life character that, that um, goes and impacts people through personal development. And I went to one of his experiences and I didn't know what to expect. Literally, Trisha, I wore heels and a skirt thinking it was like a business seminar. I, like firewalk, what? So yeah, because his experiences, he, he, he gets you to, he actually encourages you very uh, powerfully to walk across hot coals. And so I'm like sitting there like carrying my strappy heels and in my suit. And, uh, what was I thinking? By the end of it, I'm on the chairs, jumping up and down. And I looked around at this experience and I was so moved and I was so impacted, not just from the experience personally, but I was like, wait a minute, he stole my stuff. This is the same thing. It's, it's relationship. It's about establishing rapport. It's about respect. It's about boundaries and trust and communication and leadership. And, and, you know, I kind of get even emotional about it now as I talk about it. Cause I was like, this is cool. And I'm already doing it with horses. And I was like, I got to bring these two worlds together somehow. I mean, I knew that I, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I had no idea how it was going to take shape. I just knew that it had to. And fast forward about a year, 
later I was um, horseback riding in the mountains of Colorado and taking more courses and just eager to learn. And it hit me. So, you know, you just get out in God's country and getting out in nature sometimes. Well, as you know, and you're out here just like putting your feet in the dirt and, and seeing something will allow you to be still where you don't have the noise and the chaos of the world. And, you know, and that's a lot of the, the reasons why we sometimes, you know, say, take this job and shove it, you know, this corporate ideology of the chaos and the stress and the, the TPS reports and too much of this and not enough of that. And you can get still. And I wrote down my vision and I wrote it down August 27, 2012. And that's when I really put myself in a position to, to come to a place where I was like, I'm going to change people's lives through the spirit of horses. I'm going to bring this to people again. Didn't know what it looked like, but I knew it was going to do it. So when I wrote it down, it was like, we're going to have the Shangri-La of sorts of, for horses and humans. We're going to have this beautiful place where people can come and experience nature, experience horses, have beautiful food. Did you not have beautiful food and nature and horses? Did you not have, I mean, you've been out to see, you know, experience it. So, all of that, all of what you described. I was, I was, um, very fortunate, you know, to why do, why do we attract who we attract and why do we find ourselves in the situations we find ourselves in? And I came to your event, not really having been around horses before and not really knowing much about them, but it was a time where I really wanted to create, um, some, I was curious, you know, I wanted to create enough level of stress or discomfort in my life to get me to be curious. And I don't know if that resonates with the, the people listening, but yeah, when you say, when people say, you know, life begins at the edge of the comfort zone, I really was, came to um, the farm at that space of, all right, um, what do I need to destroy right now in order for me to be able to create something new, which is something very much Raju and I asks ourselves uh, regularly and our clients um, in the work that we do as well. So that's what it was for me. I was super, super, super fresh to all of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and lo and behold, you ended up with my 1200 pound version of Tony Robbins. So yeah, you had, you had uh, Dante was the horse that you ended up playing with. And, and it's really kind of magical how that shows up too. It's not like, Ooh, I like the red one or, Oh, the, the white one's pretty, uh, you know, it's really about energy. And I think, um, Nikola Tesla said it best when he said, you if you understand frequency, vibration, and energy, you understand the secrets of the universe. And when you can come out and influence, like at the end, like you were doing some really pretty cool stuff you know, with a horse that, you know, come on, let's, I mean, yeah, he's trained, but you weren't just sitting on his back and going, Hey, come on, come on, you know, get along little doggy. This is, that's not what this is. And what, what you were able to do just in, you know, a, a matter of days was really, really powerful. And, um, that's when I, when I started to see it and I, um, and I actually, I probably should reach out to this woman. She was a client of mine way back and, uh, she had an experience that really transformed her life. And I don't even think she knows how much it impacted me. And we were doing just traditional or regular horsemanship stuff. And she kept ending up having these little life lessons come to her throughout the experience. And at the end of it, she really knew um, she'd been in a relationship for a really long time. And anybody here ever be in a relationship like a little longer than they probably should have? 
you know, we've all been there and she was suffering and she was trying to figure out, you know, well, trying to make it work and try, 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 try. And, and at the end of the, at the end of the afternoon with me, she was like, I now know I need to walk away from this relationship. It's toxic and it's not so, and she ended a relationship and I was like, holy cow. And I really knew that there was a gift inside me that was channeled through me that needed to come through the spirit of these animals. And, and it, and, you know, honestly, it's, people ask me, because it's about coming out and having this, you know, experience with the gifts that, that have, have come through the, the, all the things that I've learned. And, you know, uh, before we started this call, you, you know, I, you and I were talking about my most recent, um, adventure. And what I love about you, Trisha, is that you're like, give me some more, you know, you're like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And not everybody's like that, but, um, you know, I kind of resonated that way. You're like, you know, who, who do you attract? And it's the people that, that are like that, you know, wouldn't you agree that it's like the people that, you know, that are like, have the same desire, that same vibration, that same like hunger for life and love of, of adventure and love of, and I don't mean adventure, like, Oh, let's go ride a roller coaster. I mean, love of like the adventure of the unknown and stepping into the generous present moment. You know, that's, that's where, that's where unlimited possibility comes from. You know, we tend to like look at our past and recreate it and look at our past and recreate it and keep trying to move things around in, in a way that where we have to hustle and grind. And, you know, I see these T-shirts that say spiritual hustler. And I'm like, what the heck is that? I mean, that doesn't even make sense to me. Can we just like just be spiritual and not hustle or, or you know, you, you're trying to sell me a watch? What's going on here? So I really, you know, you put yourself in a position to go, hey, wait a minute. I want to be I want to experience this generous present moment. And the beautiful thing about the, the human race is that we really are the only species on the planet that can create our own futures, you know, and, and we do that. And if we can understand how to harness the gift of, of creating our own future in our mind and our imagination, if you can imagine, you know, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it, right. Those that sort of a concept then you, and, and while at the same time, living in that present moment and opening yourself up to the, the unknown, you know, that's when the, I just got chills, you know, that's when the universe really comes in and, and you create that, you know, you co-create with the universe, you create a wave. You're not just riding a wave, you're creating it for yourself. And that vibration gets higher and you get bigger and your energy gets bigger. And, you know, you can do, you really literally can do whatever it is that you want to do. And these open up, you know, and we start. You know, you're talking our language, right? This is your, this is <laughs> the lingo we use, Trisha and I. So nice. As you like, attracts like. So this is, this is great. So, you know, you also have a plugin for Tony Robbins. Here, you know, we're all, we're all uh, inspired by him in so many different ways at different times in our lives. So, yeah. Now I'm going to take you back to, to to for those those listening and you know they may have seen the movie Horse Whisperer and I actually saw an episode recently of an Australian something on Netflix called The Letdown. There was an episode about a a mother who brings her daughter back after many years and she has horses on her you know in her home and uh, so all that connection that you just talked about a little bit little bit you alluded to uh, I understand but for those that are you know, didn't grow up with animals or didn't quite have a relationship with whether dogs or others, you know, other animals. Can you, can you, you know, I think we get the part, I get the part about co the co-creation and, you know, changing your life in ways that, you know, you could, you could raise your frequency and vibration and be able to connect and create what you want to create. 
So, so tell us a little bit about why, you know, it's horses. So someone like me, you know, if maybe five or 10 years ago, I would be like, I was scared to go. Oh, I'm not going to spend the weekend with horses. Uh, I mean, God, yeah, I, I got is- kicked off by a horse. <laughs> what, what is oh the connection? So bring the connection for our audience. Questions. This is why, why horses. Why, why not my dog and why not my goldfish or my fern or my cat? You know, like why horses? And, and there are a lot of people, excuse me, that come to my space that have, you know, had a negative experience with horses. You know, they, they've gone to Jamaica and, you know, can't did the island thing and, you know, got dumped or something like that. Or as a kid, they went out to a thing and a horse bit them or they stood behind it. I mean, you know, insert your cliche here. So, and then you come, then guess what? There's so many amazing life lessons from just that statement. Cause then what happens when you see, you know, a little kid get kicked by what, what never stand behind a horse. And then guess who should never stand behind a horse. Everybody should never stand behind a horse because it happened to one kid once, you know, and there's so many times or, you know, that where these global beliefs about a something like Trisha, you were walking, you didn't even know, you were walking around behind my horses the whole time. Like you're walking around, like patting them on the butt and you know, all the, everything. So is there a time and a place where it's appropriate to stand behind a horse? Sure, you can. What if you wanted to brush their tail or you needed to take their temperature? I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that look at the global beliefs that we, we and I won't go down this rabbit hole, especially with everything that's going on right now, but you can, e- you can even just think about it. What should everybody have right now? What should everybody wear right now? How should everybody interact with everybody right now based on a something, an instance where we come up with these communal and global beliefs? And so when you could come out with horses and you ask, like, to get back to your, the root of your question, why horses? It's, it's really uh, impactful to say they're not like your dog because your dog is like us. Their do- your dog is like you. It has its eyes in the front of its head. It has canine teeth and it eats meat. Last time I checked, horses ain't out there like, you know, you don't feed them cheeseburgers, right? You shouldn't anyway. Please don't. That's gross. But they're, you know, they're herbivores and they're the ultimate prey animal. Their eyes are on the side of their head. They can see almost 360 degrees around them. Why? Why is that important? So they can look for predators. And I don't know about you, but the last time I checked, the human species is the apex predator. I don't know of very many things on this planet that we won't eat or destroy or consume, right? So when you look at the ultimate prey animal, one that that has that fight flight instinct very close to the surface of their skin, hence don't stand behind a horse. and the apex predator, and you can create a beautiful symbiose, a synergy and a harmony and a unity with these animals and understand and through the translations of of my programs and everything that I have facilitated over the last 16 years, you will learn things about yourself that will transcend anything else that you could possibly imagine. Not only that, but I don't think there's any other animal on the planet that you can ride and look sexy other than a horse. <laughs> and, you know, I experienced it, right? The first time I went was for a three hour event and Jen had me inside the arena with Dante. And it was really comical because one of the things I learned about myself in that situation was how quickly 
they give you the feedback, how quickly they mirror your energy. And because I was in a new situation, part of me was like, sure, I'll do it. I don't have anything to lose. I don't, you know, there was also the part of me once I was in there long enough, then this kicked in, the conscious mind kicked in and started to think about what could go wrong. And like, she wants me to do what, uh, really? And I'm going to do that. And so the minute the doubts and the questions come up, then sure enough, you know, the horse is just going to mirror my energy at that point. And it wasn't until afterwards where, you know, Jen, through her facilitation and also the support of the people watching to really help me find that confidence for me to step into it. And then finally, you know, I showed up present, then Dante responded, you know, accordingly. So it was, it just was, was one of those things where if you don't like what you're seeing in the world, if you don't like what's showing up in front of you, then check yourself, check your own energy, check what you're putting out there. It was instant. It's the, and that's the beauty of it. You know, they're, they're a mirror. They're an instant reflection of how you're showing up. And people are too, but they, they, they reflect it in like more, it's more like a funhouse mirror. <laughs> you know, we, we put, when, and that's, that's another great reason why horses is because horses show up in the present moment and they don't have any ego attached to the feedback that they're giving you. So when you put something out there and the horse reflects it back to you, you're like, okay, well, you know, they did this to me at work last week. You know, you can't say that. You know, you can't say it because there's no ego attached to it because they're innocent beings, right? Whereas you can say, well, Susie in accounting hates Doug in marketing because this, that, and the other. And Susie filters everything about Doug through her little filters of the human design. But when you look at it and go, oh, well, Doug's just actually a Dante or he's a, another persona. I have four different, very different persona horses. So like personality profiling, if you will. And that's, you know, then when you break the program down, you can go, you know what? Doug isn't, isn't being a jerk. He's just being a Dante that is a mismatcher who is a masculine energy and has this level of social consciousness. And when you break it down through the programs, you go, oh, okay, well, Susie can detach because he's just showing up like a Dante and Dante does not have any agenda with you except maybe a carrot or a cookie, right? So when you look, look at it and detach, you can have more compassion for the people that you engage with, which is really like, talk about a subversive way to approach how, you know, we teach personal development. And, and really the big piece about it is to understand that the healing that horses have behind the personal development aspect of it. And that was actually, and you know, what I, what we were just talking about earlier, Trisha, is that was the big missing piece for me was I felt it because I was around them all the time. I felt that that healing energy and I would feel whole and fulfilled and just just poured into what from these animals. And I really didn't know what it was until recently. And so the last several years I've been um, going down my own journey of understanding things like deeper levels of spirituality, um, studying Master Co and uh, pranic healing and understanding and becoming um, I recently, a couple of years ago, became a certified theta healer, like T-H-E-T-A, like theta brainwave state. And then I understood then that horses live in that theta brainwave state. They don't, they aren't tapped into 
their stress hormones on a continuous basis like we are. And then delving into um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. I just recently got back from one of his advanced follow-up retreats in Marco Island and like bringing those, that meditative work into it to not just say, okay, now you can have better leadership communication and empowerment through understanding how, how the connection and detachment of ego and all those other things that we just talked about, but also, wait a minute, feeling this healing power, feeling more whole, feeling more alive, feeling more at peace with yourself. And ultimately, as we go into it, and then this is actually, um, we're, we've got a lot on the boil. That's all I'm going to say about how we're going to be bringing the science behind the healing power that horses have and actually tracking things and getting data and putting it in place. Cause Trisha, you could tell, tell us all day long that you're, you know, you feel better, you are more confident and, you know, coming out and doing this, but what if we had the data to support it? So we're, we're working, like there's some things on the boil around that as we continue down this journey of understanding like, and really going into the programs because there's a lot of people out there. I've been doing this for a long time. I've, I've been doing um, this this work in retreats for about eight, nine years now. And um, I, th- there was nobody doing this back then. Yeah, there was therapeutic writing. And I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I'm a life coach, et cetera. But there was that kind of thing for, you know, like children with cerebral palsy and, and um, kids with autism and, and physical disabilities. But only in recent years has there been a more um, delving into the mental health and behavioral health aspect of what horses can do. So to take that and, and put it into a space to really get that they heal you and empower you and to put these programs together, it's not just going out in the middle of the field and making a noise like a carrot and then thinking everything's going to be better. You know, there has to be, there has to be facilitation. There has to be understanding. There has to be a systematic approach and a program to follow. And um, again, this isn't, this, this is way more than writing. This is way more. Beautiful. You know, the next question I want to ask you is it's twofold. You know, you referred to, uh, we, we mentioned Dante already. I'd love for you to spend a little bit, just a few minutes to talk about Dante and Bella and, and, and everyone else. Um, and then you also, the second part is since you already talked about, you know, a personality profile, how can you in today's world without boxing people in, right? Without limiting people. Cause I think that's the, that's how people misconstrue these profiles is that they box themselves in and then it serves to limit somebody's growth versus really allowing them to expand. So my next question is, you know, how, how can somebody use the tools you provide with the horses and the different personalities to actually help them expand um, into the name of our podcast is bold conscious connections. You know, can somebody learn to be more bold? Can I throw in part of that question that I had to so, so, so I mean, you, you talked about this is, you know, we, Trisha and I always talk about entrepreneurship as a spiritual journey and you've touched on that because this is a spiritual journey. Uh, so it's entrepreneurial, but then the idea is that you're, 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 you know, there's always pursuit of, the spirit about who you are. So you you found your unique expression in the world and that's what you're doing. Can you also touch in, in answering the question that Trisha asked? 
did you have horses? Do you have access to them? And you know, what did you do? What did you get Dante or others? Uh, and how could you start that journey there? A two-part series, I think. Because right. <laughs> you're asking like, like the whole piece is so beautiful, and it's interesting. Um, I'll address uh, Trista's question because yours yours dovetails in really beautifully. Um, because each one of the horses came to me really serendipitously and talk about synchronicity, you know, and when you see that, when you can see something that is, that allows you to pursue your soul's purpose in physical form and 1200 pounds, horses weigh about, you know, over a thousand pounds, you guys, half a ton, they're big animals. And you see them and you're like, that is in physical form, a manifestation of the synchronicity of the the journey of my soul. I mean, that's a big deal. I look at our, I look out in the field and I see I have five, I have four point one. I have a mini. She's like two hundred pounds, so she kind of doesn't count. But don't tell her that she's the queen of Beverly Hills. Yeah, she's adorable. But they have five horses, and I have That is the physical manifestation of what God put me on this planet to do. And not everybody has that unbelievable. I like literally am about to cry just thinking about it. Cause when I see them, I know that, wow, that is why I'm here to serve people through these glorious, magnificent animals. And I have Dante and he was actually, and in the story of how I came with each horse is, is, you know, I'll give you the reader's digest version, but I got Dante. He was really, all of my horses have, you know, their rescues or they've had some really serious trauma. Um, so they all have their story. Anybody here over the age of four has had something happen to them that's been unpleasant, you know? So we've all experienced a little bit of life and Dante was really severely abused. And I mean, I mean, you guys like really bad things were happening to him. And, um, I went to go buy him and, um, he, he, the guy wanted way more money than I had and whatever, but I was like, I'm getting this horse out of here and I couldn't afford him. And just, and I was on my way to moving to Florida to, to, to start this whole new life from Kansas city. And just before I moved to Florida, my friends took us up to the riverboat casino and I won a multi thousand, I won several thousand dollars on a jackpot in a slot machine. And that's how I was able to afford Dante. I didn't have any, I was like, what? So then I started taking these courses and then um, I ended up with another horse that I drove really far to go see and Dante was really dangerous when I got him. And I just wanted something that wasn't going to kill me. I didn't even know what I was getting into. And um, she wanted more. They all wanted more money. I, they, you know, horses aren't cheap, you guys. But then um, I've had Dante and Trace. He's um, Trace is a Cremello, which means he's white with blue eyes. That's his coloring. And I have four very different personality horses. And Dante, I, I've described him a little bit. We've, he's been the star of the show. He's very extroverted. He's very clever and mischievous and bold, like Tony, like Tony Roberts. And then I have Trace, who is um, more introverted, uh, very thoughtful, very, you know, analytical. Roger, you're more like Trace, you know, just kind of like this intellectual type. I want to know the details. What's the period at the end of the sentence? God, is she still talking? What do we, you know, just send it to me in an email, right? I'll read it and then get back to you. Right. Very thoughtful, but they want to see that, that they want to see all the white pages behind it. And, oh, by the way, it needs to be backed up with some kind of um, like science. Like, did, did you know, do you have a signed after my dad is a trace, like a mega trace. And he's like, you need to, I need to get a signed affidavit just to get the keys to the car for Friday night. You know? So it was like, oh, I always went to my mom first because dad needed like a big long list of stuff for me to be able to get the car. Right. 
So, and then I have Bella who didn't come to me until for several years later and she was rescued. She was found in a field with seven other horses, seven or 11, several other horses starving. It was just a dirt field and they were just, you know, just starving to death. And they were a seizure from in Florida and I, I rescued her. And so she ended up being, and I wasn't even planning on rescuing her. I was just going to train her and then give her back to the rescue. And you know, I wasn't even planning on keeping her. And then um, I ended up with Maverick, my um, racehorse. He's a thoroughbred racehorse. He raced all over the world. He was born in France, raced in Canada and Churchill Downs and everywhere. And uh, they raced him for almost a decade, which is a really, really long career for a racehorse. You guys, that's honestly, that's, that's really that shouldn't happen to be totally honest. So, um, he came, he was the only horse that I actually consciously chose because once I had the three, I was like, okay, I'm rounding this out. I almost have, you know, Myers Briggs here in horse form. So I started, I started looking at it and I had studied, learned through my, my horsemanship journey about, you know, how they categorized horses, personalities and how I learned how to deal with horses and now translate that to the human aspect. Again, going back to, you know, Susie and accounting and Doug and marketing or your husband and your wife or your kids or your kid's teacher, you know, that I've spent a lot of time just trying to keep my name from being written on the chalkboard when I was a kid. Yeah. I said chalkboard. I'm dating myself. I get it. But I, because that's, I'm a Bella and I don't stop talking and I'm very gregarious and I'm a connector and all of these things. And to your point, um, Trisha, about not pigeonholing people or um, categorizing people that way, when you go through my entire programs and cause you, um, you haven't even done my five, like my five day deep dive or any of my other programs, but when you start going into it, you realize there's a, it's not a pigeonhole. It's a tapestry. It's like a mosaic. It's this beautiful piece of art uh, that, that as you stitch the threads or paint the canvas or pick your metaphor to pa paint this picture of who you are, you know, you're the one with the paintbrush. You're the one creating this version of yourself and how you show up for others is like that's their version of your truth. And one of the things I always say to my clients is you cannot own someone's response to your loving truth. So stand in that truth because it is who you are. And as you expand and continue to grow and paint this picture of yourself and, and build this piece of who you are, you, there's no way you can pigeonhole that. You know, was I, am I less of a Bella now than I was 20 years ago? Absolutely. Because I've learned how to adapt. I've learned how to, you know, be, know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Know when to be quiet and step back and listen. Know when to lean in. Understand these skills that we all learn through our personal development, spiritual, and experiential journey of this thing called life on the third rock from the sun. You know, and that's really, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, my desire and my passion to get not just good with horses, but great with horses drove me to a space where I had to learn how to adapt to all the different types of personality horses. I wasn't just a one trick pony where I had one horse that I was really good with. I got good with a lot of different horses that had a lot of different things. And that allowed me to adapt that into the personal space for, um, for people too. Because it's great if you can get, you're good with your tribe, of course. Of course, y'all are going to get along. Y'all buy the same kind of soda, You if you drink soda. You know, you wear the same shoes, you wear the same thing. You, you think the same jokes are funny. 
But when you tap into the other types of people that are out there and you can, even if you disagree, which is, would be a great, wouldn't the world be a really a nice place today if we could disagree and still be compassionate? And what you're, what you're really speaking about, which I love is having the awareness, having the awareness about not just who you are, but where you are in that situation in that present moment. And then having the awareness about the others that are in front of you in that present moment. And then recognizing that we can all shift, you know, like we can all shift into these different, whether you want to call them characteristics or attributes or different, you know, and we can all decide at any point in time to strengthen a piece of us that perhaps, you know, we decided that would help us, um, you know, further our goal or further a mission or, you know, feel a fulfillment. And that's, and that's kind of like the shame of things like this whole cancel culture BS that was, I don't even know if it's a thing anymore, but it's like, you know, I, you made a mistake 10 years ago and it's still haunting you, you know, come on guys. I'm, I don't know about you, but I, I'm grateful that I'm, you know, I was in my twenties and there weren't things like cell phones around you know, I'm really, really grateful that, you know, selfies and all that stuff. Dude, can you, I can't even imagine. I was a wild child back then, you know, and I was just experiencing life, you know, and, and when you can, when you can be, um, have that, that forgiveness and acceptance of the fact that maybe people do change, you know, maybe do people do improve. And when you can look at them, like you said, to not pigeonhole them and say, where, where have they grown? Where have they adapted? And take them at face value, you know? The, and and one of the big things um, that is in one of my courses is called the Relationship Labyrinth. And um, I, you that's something, Trisha, you should definitely, and you too, right? It's really so, so, super important to understand who is in your inner circle and who are the friendly strangers, you know? Two at, and I call them 2 a.m. friends. Two at 2 a.m. when it's pouring rain outside, they show you up. You said 3 a.m., but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you show up with a shovel, and that you, you know, you just get their, your coat and go help them bury the body. You know, it's the. You know, but why, why, do, why do those people end up in your world versus? And how many? You know, we call them friends on Facebook, and that's BS. You know, I don't even know. You know, so we have this whole like sort of blurred lines visualization of where people should be just for the simple fact that we don't want to pigeonhole them. But if you can look at how they're showing up on a consistent basis and recognize that and break it down through, through what you can learn from what a horse can teach you. First off, you detach your, your baggage from what that person may or may not have done to you. And you can accept the information, um, wholeheartedly and release a lot and say, you know what? She was just a triggered maverick and that's okay. Okay. I understand how triggered mavericks show up. And it wasn't something I said. It was something that was said two weeks ago by somebody else. And she's just now expressing that. Now, is that okay? No, of course not. That behavior for you to lash out from at me about something from two weeks ago is not that behavior is not okay. Any more than kicking, biting, bucking, whatever. Well, the horse is okay. But you can have compassion for it and you can say, all right, 
let's let's dive into this. Where do they fall in my relationship labyrinth, and how do we need to address what's showing up right now? I have I have five horses out there that are in my two a.m. circle that no matter how they show up, I will get to the bottom of what they need. You know, and that's really about it. You shouldn't have too many people on that list of inner circle because it takes a lot of bandwidth to maintain those relationships. Oh boy, do we know that? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so I think that's you know again as as we said earlier, we're, we're, we are our podcast is called Bold Conscious Connections. Everything we do is bold and conscious. So you've spoken a fair bit about bold, and you've touched on the conscious piece. So. For your own sanity, you know, apart from having the support of the horses, Jen, what practices do you have to remain conscious, to be aware and, you know, be in that high frequency you talked about? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I call them Zen minutes. If you got, you got Zen minutes, you know, you got 10 minutes, you got Zen minutes, right? I call them Zen minutes and um, I put those in my rituals. Now, you guys, this is going to sound so cliche, but it's so true. You got to move your body. You got to move your body and you got to have a, a lot of people are really good about having AM rituals. Most people fall short of having strong PM rituals because their willpower is depleted. They're tired. They're, they just want a piece of chocolate and want to watch some Netflix. That, that's me. I want to, I just want a piece of chocolate and watch some Netflix or, you know, whatever. So to having the discipline of taking those Zen minutes at night, because that's where you condition your subconscious. Um, at, you know, um, I think Dr. Joe says something really cute because, you know, melatonin is what, you know, your pineal gland releases melatonin at, at night to, for sleep and then serotonin, you know, in the morning, wake up. So Mel puts you to sleep and Sarah wakes you up. That's what, so that's kind of cute. <laughs> right. That's a good one. Mel puts I'll you remember to that tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when we get to this place and, and one of the things I say in my statement, so first, so first thing I have this, um, this statement, it's out of the book, think and grow rich. I have a template for it. I share it with my mastermind group. Um, and I, that's, that's the one big piece is that I, I have a mastermind. I have people, I, I have a tribe. I have my two, I call them the 2am sisterhood. And it's these, you know, it's just like, we, there's about 12 of us and we're tight. We, we know each other. We, we hang out. We like, we're, somebody dies, we send in flowers and go to the funeral. And that's a really big thing about like developing a deep level of trust with some people that you, you can have, because I don't have a lot of family, you know, and you think about family and um, I'll get, I'll get back to your question in a minute, but the really big piece, cause this really is important to, to understand is, yeah, I can go out with my horses and they, they fill me up. And when I was by myself right after my divorce and, and that's something, you know, we, we like, we didn't talk about it. It's like, why, how did this even happen? Like some of the, crap I went through. Trish, you know, I went through, um, a, you know, really terrible divorce that left me homeless and a lot of debt. And I woke up to a Facebook message to find out that my husband was a crook and was going to the federal penitentiary. He was, you know, he was like Bernie Madoff. And so, and it took me years to recover from that. And then shortly after that, my brother died of a drug overdose. And I mean, I talk about it a lot in my TED talk. And when I decided to put like a lot of these personal things in my TED talk, I alienated the rest of my family because they were like, you know, we don't talk about those things. So, you know, I haven't spoken to my father since my brother passed away, um, God, almost 10 years ago. And it's just been one of those things when you really, you know, when you feel very, very alone, you feel isolated, you don't have family. Like I don't have, you know, I don't have family. And then I remember the phrase, you know, blood is thicker than water. You've ever heard that phrase, but that phrase is actually incomplete. It's actually, 
the blood of my brothers that fought alongside me in arms is thicker than the water of the womb. So the meaning of that phrase is actually quite the opposite. And we are so culturally conditioned to think that because you're my brother or my father or my mother or whatever, I should back you even though you're an ass. I don't know if I say that word on here. It's saying you're not so nice. Oops, just kidding. Um, even though you're kind of a, a you know, a, a mean character, you know, that's not the truth. You know, I go back to my relationship labyrinth and I'm like, are they showing up? Am I showing up? Are they, they respecting my boundaries? Are they um, accountable? Are they reliable? Do they maintain my, you know, my vault? Do they, they, they operate from positive integrity. And I surround myself with those people and I choose my family. When you don't have any family, you know, it can fe- it can be very, a very sad place to, to be. So you have to be careful, you know, you have to choose your family and, you, you know, choose wisely. So that's a huge thing. Proximity is power. That's, you know, that's a Tony Robbins phrase I'll steal. Proximity is power. And I don't want to think of it as like power, like, oh, I'm going to like rule the world. But I, I feel connected. I feel supported. So that's one thing. And then my rituals, my rituals, that's it. Move your body, do something right away when you first wake up in the morning to decide how you want to feel that day. Because we only do things that, that, that make us feel a certain way. We only, you know, buy the Lamborghini or hire the hooker or do the cocaine or gamble the money or anything positive or negative. Pray to a God. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. We only do it to feel a certain emotion. So if you can wake up in the morning and what your conscious is one of your things, full conscious, right? Be aware of what you want to feel that day. You want to feel like crap? That's what your body's going to be telling you. Because your your hormones are going to be telling you your body's going to be dumping chemicals into your in into your system, whatever you are cu- accustomed to feeling, and if you are accustomed to feeling negative emotions, fearful, anxious, worry, despair, depressed, that's what you then your body dumps those chemicals. They're used to it. They're like, all right, time to produce the depression chemicals today, and they dump those chemicals into your body, and then your brain goes, hey, how come we're feeling depressed? And your brain comes up with an answer to qualify the emotions that you're feeling. And it creates this awesome little figure eight of, well, my body's dumping the chemicals into my, you know, to feel these emotions. And my brain comes up with a reason, feel it. And when you come up with one reason, can you come up with more than one reason? When you start feeling depressed, can you come up with another reason that you feel depressed? And then, you know what? I don't have the car I want. And you know what? The car I do have needs an oil change. Man, the oil change, the last time I went to the oil change place, the guy was kind of a jerk to me. And you know what? That guy kind of reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. And he was a jerk to me too. And you know, he was supposed to buy me flowers for my birthday. And then he didn't even buy my birthday. And you know, my last birthday did suck. And even though he wasn't there, nobody showed up for my party. Nobody ever shows up for any of my parties. And man, I don't think I even really want to have any parties anymore because I really don't have any friends. And man, what happened to that one girl, man? You know, you can just go and it just, you stack. So you- that's the, uh, the, the figure eight becomes the infinity because now you're just stuck there. Stuck and infinity of the emotions for life. So how do you break that? You, you, when you are not feeling those emotions, because you don't feel them all the time, there are moments you do have glimpses, even if it's when you're watching Netflix and having your chocolate in those moments of, of joy or excitement, can you feel, could you put yourself in a place where you felt that right now? And then write down those emotions that you want to feel on your hand if you have to. Some people even tattoo them on their, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
But wake up, go to bed and go, I'm going to go to bed resting well, knowing at at night, knowing I've done my best. And I'm going to align my subconscious mind to feel these emotions while I sleep. When I wake up, I'm going to look at these emotions. I'm going to have my list ready. I'm going to feel joy. I'm going to feel alive. I'm going to have a love for life today. I'm going to feel empowered. And when you feel that, then your body go, might still do it because it takes time for your body to stop producing those stress hormones. Adrenaline is, anybody see here see Pulp Fiction? Adrenaline's powerful, man. Uma Thurman. Boom, right? So put yourself in position. And adrenaline is one of the toughest. I got a, a you know um, a really sad story about adrenaline. Adrenaline is one of the toughest stress hormones to overcome. We can pick up cars to save our kids. Um, my, my neighbor, when I very first got into horses back in 2005, they had a really, an older horse that they needed to put down at hip. It had hip problems, et cetera. It was older horse and they were going to, um, put it, put it to sleep. And (laughs) they didn't go out during the regular time of day and do their regular routine and bring it in the barn and that stuff. They decided they were going to go out and catch it. And this horse was like, what are you doing out here? And why are you here in the middle of the day? And got very skeptical and started running around, dislocated its hip, finally went down. And by the time they caught it, it was so stressed out and so full of adrenaline. It took four times the amount of um, euthanasia drugs to to put it down. Adrenaline is powerful. I know it's a terrible story. I don't know. I even told, but it's what my point is that when you are dumping cortisol and adrenaline into your body consistently, we're not designed for that. And that's where disease comes from. Autoimmune disease, things like that show up. And so, yeah, understand, be aware. We often talk about that um, as well with, with our, with our tribe, this idea that, you know, you can create, you can create, you can expand without causing pain and suffering onto yourself, right? But it definitely takes a level, a shift in consciousness to decide everything you share just now is so good. If you're listening, I hope you took notes because it's, it's, there's intention, there's decisions, there's choices happening. You're not just sitting there letting these thoughts wash over you, you know, to no end. Um, you know, as we, as we begin to wrap up the conversation, when you think about what's gotten you, everything that's gotten you to the space where you are today, what has it meant for you to be on this adventure? And I think it's so appropriate to use that word adventure with the horses, you know, what has it meant for you to be on this adventure so far? It's honestly, it's, it's allowed me to step into my soul's purpose. My mission is to radically disrupt the equine rescue industry. Over 80,000 horses get shipped out of this country every year to slaughter. And that's not okay with me. And even if we stop slaughtering them, what are we going to do with all of these horses and so my mission and my passion is to find an answer. So every barn, every stable, anybody that would ever endeavor to touch or care or support a horse has an opportunity to do so because I believe everyone deserves to have a life-changing experience with a horse that maintains the dignity of the animal. And when you can tap into that space and do it without pain and the adventure for me has been to share with as many people as possible that your growth and your 
your achievements, your fulfillment, your zeal for life doesn't have to come through stress and pain and suffering. I have transcended, and I, I don't even know where the switch made from. And some days I, you know, some days I still feel frustration, but I don't stay there. But I used to live there where the, the, I felt the only way I could succeed is if I was driven, 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 hustling, hustling, grinding, grinding, must, you know, moving through pain. And I, if anyone is, is listening to this, I would endeavor you to lower your tolerance for pain. Doesn't mean reduce your resilience, but lower your tolerance for pain. Because when you can lower your tolerance for pain, it will open you up to expand your ecstasy, expand your your vision, your life, and what could possible what could be possible rather than what you feel like should be probable. And through horses and my programs and experiencing Zenergen. Like that's been my mission and that's been the adventure. Oh, oh that's beautiful. so powerful. Yeah, definitely going back, going back and hitting rewind. Um, before we ask you the final question, Jen, what, how can people find you? Oh, you can uh, just call me 407-412-0252. Boom. Easy. You want us to put that in the show notes, your phone five, number? Yeah, you could publish my phone number. Absolutely. That's my cell phone. You can call me directly. Just call me, but leave me a voicemail because I get a lot of spam. But um, that, who does it like, whatever, you know, or you can go to Zenergen and it's spelled, like I said, Zen Energy. And my name's Jen with a J, Z E N E R J E N dot com. And all of my information is on my website there. That's the easiest place. You can find me on Facebook, Zenergen by Jen Zoe, or I'm, I'm on Instagram at Zenergen. Z-E-N-E-R-J-E-N. So that's the easiest well, we'll put way. all that information in the show notes, Jen. Yeah, perfect. Um, Absolutely. And if you're interested just, in watching one of my horses or getting involved or taking a course or just joining, you know, just supporting the cause. Like, you know, Trish is a part of it. And, and I, you know, many hands make a light load. Indeed. So, you know, you know, you obviously know Trisha, she's interacted with you and your horses. Uh, for me, you know, the last thing you said earlier about threshold of pain, you ought to lower it. You know, all our lives we've been taught to increase the threshold, you know, raise the threshold. So you don't, you know, you don't complain about the pain as much. But this isn't about complaining. So I think to me, that was a, an immediate no. takeaway for me in this call to say, yeah. feel that That's damn pain and do something. Yes. So, like when you notice it, because the the lower your tolerance for pain, the higher your connection to source. Mm. Awesome. So you know, you know, we don't take any conversation like this for granted. You know, and and all the moments we spend with you, it's so it's always full of learning and wisdom. We we get everybody's perspectives, and so yours has been so different and amazing that uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here. I'm going to just ask one last question in the vein of the fact that we're all learning and, and expanding and perspectives. What might have you learned about yourself or otherwise in this call? What, were you, what discoveries might you have made in this conversation? In this if conversation? Any. That I have, a, a, I need to write a book. <laughs> I need to write we a book. We know just 
you know just the person to uh, help you, but keep going. <laughs> of course you do. Trisha, you know everybody. You're so connected. And of course, that's, you know, really that's that's what's coming up for me is like, there's so much to this that, you know, to just say, you know, like I said, come, you know, do that. Go pet a horse, be out with someone. But this, the the program, you know, what's behind it. And, uh, and I, and, and you know what, who can just hop on a call and whip out an hour's worth of, con- you know, stuff about, you know, you have to know your stuff you have to do. And I'm not saying, Oh, Jen's great, but man, I, when you're passionate and you're, you're focused and you're, and you're driven by your purpose and focused on your vision and drawn by your passion to serve others, man, nothing stops you. I think that's the big piece that I would take away from this. Like, I would do a hundred of these. What is it going to take? What, you know, when I hear people say, I'll do whatever it takes, I'm like, no, you'll, you'll do whatever's comfortable for you to do whatever it takes, what you think it needs to take. If you don't think that's what it's going to take, you don't step outside of that, man. I have learned. So I've learned how to build business funnels. I've done click funnels. I've learned how to write Facebook ads. I've been, I've learned everything. I don't, I'm a horse whisperer, y'all. I know how to do this stuff. But I learned and I'll continue to learn. I'll continue to grow because when you are drawn by a passion to serve others, nothing will stop you. And there it is. And I'm going to say Jen is great. And, and I know that firsthand. And Raju has heard me talk about my experiences with, with you and the horses enough already. Well, and I hope that there'll be more. And, um, you know, we so appreciate you being here, joining us today, being so just authentically you. It's so, um, what I love is that anybody listening, they can't deny the passion that you're bringing forth. And, you know, really, you spoke so clearly about the expression of who you are, why you're here. And that it starts with the healing journey and it's all there together. And it's so aligned with our mission at Live Masterminds and what we do. So thank you so much for being here with us. Yes, and and thank you so much for having me and as a part of your programs. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And I'm, I'm heading and I can't to wait to meet you in person. Yeah, I'll be in Florida in a couple of weeks. If you're in the West Palm Beach area, that's where I'll be. So I'm excited oh, to be there. Well, I'll be four hours from you. So. Ah, that's not bad. Not bad. Very good. Beautiful. Well, thanks so again. We'll wrap this up. Thank you so much. Thank and you. You. you can reach Jen by making sure that you read the show notes. And that way um, people can find you and figure out how they can work directly with you or at the very least support your efforts. I love, the horses. love it. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much.